Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate abner maris is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls beloved by abuelas the hardcore fans alike abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mars, we'll hear from Abner and his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life, and just being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris whenever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to yet another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan, gentlemen. But I'm going to go ahead and gloss right over your presences and head right to our guest. We've got Naz from Goal.com, senior Chelsea correspondent, all things football in England. This is your domain, sir. We are excited to have you back. Yeah, you brought me on for an interesting game. Thanks for that. Cause last time it was um, the Man United game and we were like, like scratching our heads a little bit thinking... <laughs> Do we even want to talk about this? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Contractual obligations made it so we had to publish for our listeners. Uh, that is our social contract we have with them. Win, lose, or draw. Even though we have broken that contract a few times, gentlemen. But, uh, Dan, let's go ahead as we get into this match review. Obviously, it's going to be the Sheffield United match review. Uh, with a little three-word match review to kick it off. And there's some good ones. You know, anytime you get a, a bit of a drubbing on another team, there's a little bit of positive energy in the air. Gabriel had uh, Werner Wizard winners. That was nice. Kind of very good summary with three words. Brad with Armor Rocking King. Big Our boy Big Nash dripping hot sauce. Uh, nice little like pun that. from uh, Rumduter with Hacksaw Bridge. Get I like it? that. I like That's that. That's really good. Uh, Jonathan Gold Difference FC. Uh, a couple kind of going through maybe just more holistic match reviews. David with Blues Blunt Blades. Clearly heard the fact that Nick loves alliteration. I do. I do. It's good. Super crank with hashtag Lampard route. Ooh. Like mm. that one. That one's really good. 
Uh, Brosef with intentions emphatically displayed. Tana with goals from everywhere. And then a couple that just kind of capitalize on the moment of the world, maybe, with Jay with count the wins. Adi with blue comebacks align. And then there was uh, CFC Keith with November is blue with a uh, Ryden Biden gif. A Ryden uh, Biden and then our boy Dean Mears with uh, one he expected me to sing. I will not do it fully in tune, but <laughs> maybe Jake can play out. Blue, dabu dibu, die, dabu di, dabu die, dabu di, dabu die. There you go. You're welcome, Dean. Well done, Dean. You're coming in big. I know he's he's an he's an article writer, so I know he's got a leg up on this. But well, well done, Nick. What about you? After all this pressure of these excellent write-ins, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit of a line from Harry Potter and go, "You're a wizard." And oh, that's, wrong accent. Uh, yeah, I can't do an Irish accent. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Hakim Ziyech is a wizard, and um, he proved all of his wizarding capabilities yesterday. Uh, quite the all performance. Right. Yeah, I like that. Dan, what about you, sir? To the sword, we put Sheffield to the sword. And it was glorious to see a resilient comeback, especially after going down when McMessie scored against us again. Brandon gets all the blame for that, by the way. All of the blame. <laughs> Maybe I should be in on the on the discussions with Frank and company. I, I can highlight problems Def- that are coming in. So Definitely. Uh, I wrote, give me more in all caps. I want all of this. I don't want it to stop. I want a, a, an Antonio Conte 7,000 match and beaten streak incoming. Like, let's go, all right? I want all of this. Uh, and Naz, the the bipartisan critical eye, what, what did you have? Well, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm half Moroccan, so I thought I'd chuck in a little bit of Arabic in uh, to the to the three word and just go West London Habibti, which... Uh, Habibi is like when you say my darling, um, but about a woman. But Habib T is when a man to a man says uh, says my darling. So he's the West London uh, darling, really, isn't he? And uh, what a superstar he really is. Uh, we did know that. You're half Moroccan. Um, I did not know you spoke Arabic. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, well I don't. I know. I know the little bit uh, to try and impress my girlfriend, but apart from that, that's, uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, well, great. Thank you to all of you guys for throwing them out there. Uh, we appreciate running through those on a weekly basis. Like I said, you you all out there are wildly creative, uh, slaying and, it. Yeah. yeah, and a fun and a fun match. You know, better than the. The zero zero, you know, United one. So, um, anyways, in this episode, we're going to be specifically talking about Akim Ziyech and his evolving influence on Chelsea's seemingly relentless attacks. Another solid defensive performance, even though we finally, finally conceded a goal. Thankfully, it didn't cost us points, though. And then how a midfield in flux, missing Kai Averts, worked through their initial challenges. Obviously, there's a change in that central mid, and we'll talk about that. But real quick, a massive, massive thank you to Joe and Nathaniel uh, jumping in on Discord, uh, hanging out on our Patreon. Thank you so much. Again, it's just an amazing community of people. Um, the Match Day Madness thread is fantastic. Um, so when you can't be at the pub with friends, you can be online with these friends. And then, Dan, over to you for the Apple Podcast Reviews. Yeah, we got some uh, great ones in again. Uh, Dennis four twenty sixty nine T no innuendo there. Uh, Fred, <laughs> Mister Dafter fifteen prob strike Tucker Bateman, and then there was actually a really cool one five star from N Sullivan talked about how 
Uh, just really nice paragraph. He kind of went to the fact that he uh, transitioned to being a stay-at-home dad so his wife could go like work her dream job and just join like Chelsea as a supporter in the past year or so and found us as a pod and kind of has adapted into the community and uh, wanted to say we're glad we could be for- there for you, man. So, uh, yeah, leave a five-star review. Let us know how you found us. Let us know what's going on. And we'll uh, give you some uh, some dab on the show. A huge shout out, and Sullivan. We're glad that uh, Christian Pulisic pulled you to Chelsea. We're glad the club were able to keep you there, and we are glad to be able to fuel your fandom uh, every single week. You're not alone, so get involved with the Chelsea community. It's one of the best, and obviously we're wildly biased. Uh, but Nick, speaking of this amazing Chelsea community, uh, we're doing something for him. We are. We're doing just a, a little bit of a thank you um, for our 500th episode celebration. Uh, if you uh, have a favorite moment, episode, catchphrase, um, mostly mine, uh, that you would like to recall as a part of our, uh, our 500th episode celebration, which happened, uh, what, two weeks ago now, uh, we are going to give away five Nike Vapor kits, uh, obviously Chelsea, uh, color, um, so home away or third, and player of your choice is totally up to you. This is just a nice little gift. Uh, all you have to do is just send us a message um, with you know your favorite moments. So uh, email, uh, text, whatever, whatever you want. Tweet, um, send a raven, uh, as, as Men and Blazers would say. Uh, we'll be around. We're, we're going to sort through them all over the international break. So it's not going to happen until next week. But uh, really pumped about this. We've already received a, a really good amount of these. And uh, we're looking forward to... Uh, Spending some coin on the megastore. Uh, Nick, yeah. when is the deadline? When are we going to cut people off? Let's call it uh, Thursday, uh, and we'll we'll do that at midnight Eastern, going to Friday. How about that? So before so, we so, wake up Friday, essentially. Yeah. So so we get the weekend to essentially sort through all of the madness. How about that? Yeah. Naz, how many Chelsea kits do you have? Yeah, Naz. Uh, I have I have none. I uh, I did get given. Them, I did have the blue one for a bit, but I gave it to my housemate. He's a Chelsea fan, so <laughs> what a uh, hero! I'm trying to indoctrinate him into becoming a Blues fan even more. Oh well, hey, you're doing the work of the people. We appreciate you, Naz. <laughs> all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into the match review, which is why you all came here. It was Sheffield United in the Premier League this past Saturday, the seventh of November. And it was at Stanford Bridge. I'm reading this on Walking on Eggshells because I'm waiting for Dan to have left something in here for me to read incorrectly. Mm. But it looks like the scoreline is right. Chelsea 4, Sheffield United 1. Uh, we're going to head over to the official Chelsea FC app, the fifth stand app. And we're going to let them run us through the goals. Uh, all, all five of them. All right. Four to the good, one to the bad. Uh, again, it's the only official app from Chelsea FC. All the content goes there first and then they put it on socials. Uh, so if you haven't downloaded it, you are missing out as a Chelsea fan. Here we go. Chelsea welcome Sheffield United to Stamford Bridge with the Blues looking to maintain their excellent recent run in the final fixture before the November international break. Blues impressive defence has been the big talking point of late tonight. They're aiming to record a sixth successive clean sheet. Ball, Ball Docks cut it back for Berger and it's been flicked in by David McGoldrick and there'll be no clean sheet for Chelsea today. 
And McGoldrick, who scored twice against Chelsea last season, has opened the scoring with just nine minutes played today. Good ball over the top for Kovacic. Cutting it back for Tammy Abraham. 1-1. Nicely worked goal. Abraham scores for the second time here this week. And Chelsea back on level terms at the midway point in the first half. It's a good ball in from Ziyech as well. Oh, and Werner's hit the bar. And then it came back off low. Worked out for Ziyech. Good ball in from him, and there's Ben Chilwell round the back to turn it in for 2-1 Chelsea. Ben Chilwell second in a blue shirt. Worked in by Ziyech and glanced in by Thiago Silva. His first Chelsea goal. And surely that wraps up three points. Picked up a lot of the second ball, second half. Ziyech through the middle, is this Werner's moment? Oh, that is so unlucky, it would have been a delicious goal. Oh, Werner, maybe this is his moment. You never doubted it, did you? As soon as it dropped to Timo Werner, he was always going to bury that. Almost absolutely brilliant, that final ball. Terrific stuff from Chelsea, but the response from Frank Lampard's team, absolutely superb. All right, look, I called David Goldrick, all right? I don't need to hear the messy comparisons when he plays us, like, duh. 32-year-old phenom striker, half of his Premier League goals <laughs> in, all, you know, in his entire career have come against Chelsea in the last eight months. So, duh. But we've got Phantom Mantle here saying the first time Sheffield United had conceded more than three since they came up. So that's fun. All right. You know, I think that was one of the things I said going into the match preview was that, you know, Sheffield have been in it every single match. Even when they lost 2-0 to Liverpool, mm -hmm. they're still in it. And so we figured it was going to be um, a, a tight affair, and Chelsea just blew the top out of the box to the point where not even I got the score prediction right, and I'm really good at it. Nick, God. finally getting the, the credit you want and deserve for I was so close, predicting guys. a conceded goal. Look. I think we were all rooting for me. There's no doubt about that. Um, however, it just couldn't stand. Timo Werner had to put me to the sword on, on this one. And my martyrdom uh, then just became another blowout victory. So, <laughs> terrible. Uh, all right, Dan. Let us hear the lineup before we get into the stats. Oh, it was Mandy between the sticks. No surprise. A... Back five that also included Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, Ben Chilwell, and Reese James. It is the fantastic five, as it were. And Golo Kante, Mateo Kovacic in for a Kai Havertz, who is still out due to uh, exposure to COVID and testing positive. Mason Mount rounded out that midfield trio. And then Tammy Abraham, Timo Werner, and Hakim Ziyech as our front three. Willie Caballero, Antonio Rudiger, Cesar Aspliqueta, and Emerson. Emerson and Cal hudson Adoy made our unused substitutes. And then Jorginho and Olivier Giroud were our two used substitutes, one in the 71st minute and the other in the 87th minute. I'll save that. I'll save that for later. Um, I, I just have some questions about the, the substitutions used and not used, so I'll wait to give that to you, Naz, in a little bit. Um, top line stats, Chelsea was 70% possession. That is so much. 20 shots, nine on target to Sheffield, six with three on target. Mm. Uh, six corners, but we conceded seven corners, which is a bit wild in this match. Um, we had an offsides apiece. They had two cautions. We didn't. Uh, again, just destroying this data point called expected goals. We had 2.63, buried four. 
Sheffield had 0.88 buried one. So, uh, again, just the trend of Chelsea continuing to outperform expected goals is an absolute inverse of of last season. So, um, anyways, before I get into the controversial questions of the subs and lack thereof, let's just kick it off with a party. Akim Ziyech, like, absolutely got stuck in. Um, not physically, uh, but with his passing, uh, his control of the of the match, his dominance in possession was unbelievable. His creativity, unbelievable. His left foot is an absolute weapon. Uh, Opta Joe tweeting six and two. No players created more chances in a Premier League game this season. Akim Ziyech did this evening against Sheffield United. Six chances created and two assists is superb. So Naz, I'll just kick it to you right now. You're you're. Your thoughts on Akim Ziyech against Sheffield United? Yeah, it, w- it was obviously sensational. The eye test and the stats both prove it. You know, just looking at the game, if there's one man in the match, it's him. And it was like a no-brainer for the for the broadcasters to give him the, the give him the award, getting to take it home and all that. Um, but yeah, it was it was the one interesting thing about his performance was that you know he's been good in every game he's played for Chelsea, but in this one it was like that you know his delivery was even better and um, he was on set pieces you know whether it's a short corner or a direct free kick or whatever. Um, there's a lot of good set piece takes at Chelsea, but he he took a lot of the you know set pieces, got two goals from uh, set pieces from him. So it was like the first game where we saw what Chelsea had bought here. We we knew that there was going to be. Uh, a new weapon at set pieces and, and that's exactly what we've got and now Chelsea have scored I, I counted them up actually over the course of the season six goals um, in all competitions from, from set pieces they've um, really you know become a dangerous weapon at that Kurt Zuma um, his bullet headers have been insane he seems to win every header doesn't he but uh, having having somebody even cross to to, to, to somebody like that is, is essential. You need both parts of it to come together. So uh, I don't think last season it really did. Um, it was okay. Attacking set pieces, defending set pieces were poor. Um, but now Zayat can sort of pick that up. But really just a complete performance. I'm sure you guys will agree. Oh, well, without I mean, a doubt. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Naz, I agree. I can't I can't say that Dan, on the other hand, though, is as full of praise. Oh, no, it's uh, nothing but praise. You know, I think what... I, I really enjoyed about this performance, you know, not just the the way that he was interchanging with Reese, the way that he was passing the ball across the pitch at speed to Chilwell to get him opened up, just was also the way that he fluctuated almost into kind of the, the 10 spot at times, the way that the, like the, the pitch kind of compressed is, you know, he would kind of run into that more central location to try to kind of get you know Tammy involved, get Timo involved. He was really allowing everybody to use him as that, that backboard essentially to, to get the shot off and to rebound off of. And I think that that spoke to me, you know, just he, everyone was looking for him on the pitch, Nick. Everyone was kind of like, where is he so that I can get him the ball and he can make something happen. I have, I have so many thoughts about this. I think it's our, <laughs> it's our single best performance of the year from any player. Um, he, has this look on his face most of the time that to me screams everyone raise your game <laughs> everyone needs to raise like when when Timo missed that little chip shot that he should have scored and he will score a hundred of those at Chelsea by the time he's done the look that he got from Ziesh was not friendly and it's like <laughs> I think it's the 
again, all these guys that came in, I think, are winners. And uh, Ziyech is chief among those. He just looks like a guy who wants everybody to step up. Uh, I could not love that enough. Like, I think that, you know, at times we were missing a little bit of that killer mentality last year, and it, it cost us points. Uh, this year, I, I don't think we're going to be lacking for that from Timo or from Hakim Ziyech or any of these guys. I think then, you know, if you move on to the to the actual play on the field, I mean, it was clear he was the guy that was going to make everything happen. And Tammy realized that early, got him the ball as much as he could. And I, I believe if you give Ziyech enough touches early that he's just going to be a weapon the entire match. I think you've seen times where he's been a little bit isolated, Brandon. Uh, and didn't get into the game as quickly, and, and maybe you know didn't have the impact that he that he could have. I also think he's now fit, <laughs> and and if this is him fit, like we're we're gonna love this. I mean, this is crazy. So, uh, lots of things to praise him for. The last note I will make on him is the last pass of the game. That little audacious chip that he tried to put through for Tammy was the single best pass that I've seen at Chelsea Football Club since Cesc Fabregas did the same for Sherla in 2014. It was stupid talented. I don't. I genuinely don't understand the physics of taking the ball out of the air and just putting this light, delicate spin over the top. It's unbelievable. Yeah, look, it's... Uh, I, you know, he, he his left foot and his ability to create are fantastic. I did laugh and I put in the Discord when he tried to step onto the back of a defender and and pressure him and he fell over <laughs> it's still not his best part of his game but it doesn't matter because it's not what we're paying him for <laughs> I, exactly and i laughed i said in this i'm like oh my gosh Ziyech is so weak but it, who cares because reese was behind him an absolute truck uh and we had sheffield pinned back especially in the second half sheffield did not venture out of their half they just tried to kill off the match and it did it, it, the opposite happened. Um, but do not forget that Akim Ziyech deleted a defender yesterday. Completely gone. <laughs> Pull back, went forward, just erased. We were now up a player. <laughs> like That, that was, was right in front of where I was sitting. And I was like, Reese James just did a bit, few kickups before that. And then, yeah. and then he played it off. And, and you know, it's those relationships on the pitch that Frank's talking about. And that, that you know, him and... Him and James, I think James has really grown from Ziyech's uh, presence. And him playing on the right wing as well. I think that Chelsea don't really have as many natural right wingers as they do left wingers. So it's just uh, just a case of like Ziyech being really, you know, perfect fit in that role. But yeah, I think he's like, I think he's lifted so many players ar around him. I think that Chelsea have got better because he's in there, you know. And like Chevy United trying to sit deep off, off a team of Ziyech was like, I just felt like it was a matter of time in that second half before the goal was coming. They were just sitting deep and, and it just gave him the chance to sort of play those beautiful balls in behind and, and you know, do those far post crosses. And he can do it all, really. You know, that pass for Tammy Abraham's goal where um, Matteo Kovacic played the cutback, that was the first goal. That was the most important goal of the match, probably, because, you know, Sheffield United had something to hang into. That pass was incredibly difficult. And Kovacic's pass was pretty difficult too, but... The Ziyech pass was the real moment of quality in that goal. It was, um, you know, to be involved in three of the four goals is insane. And um, they were just terrified of him, Sheffield United. You I watched couldn't... this team a lot last year, Naz. How many times when a team did what Sheffield United did tactically yesterday, did it frustrate Chelsea to the point where we didn't score or didn't score as many goals as we needed to because we gave up something stupid on the other end? Like, yeah. yesterday, it 
felt like this was a key to unlock the, you know, kind of back 10, you know, the, the deep sitting midfield, you know, the, the challenge with, with uh, Sheffield too, is they have natural width. This isn't a team that just condenses around the penalty area. I mean, they, they're already out there. So it's, it's even more incumbent that he had to create space for uh, a lot of other players on, on the Chelsea squad to do their thing. I, I was just thinking about it. Like how many times you saw that last year, Naz, and like, this was a whole different story. Yeah. There's not, the low block's going to be a, a lot weaker against Chelsea now. I mean, and that's partly, you know, Ziyech, you know, in open play, but in set pieces as well, he can create the chance at both moments. So really difficult. Whereas like, you know, teams could just sort of sit in, win all the headers now they've got an increased level of crossing and also, you know, from open play, a guy who likes to play in front of him. All right, you sit there, but he can shoot, he can cross, uh, he can pick out the incredibly difficult pass that nobody else would even bother with and cross field balls, no problem. Um, and yeah, I think that, um, you know, it's just tied it all together. It was, a, it was a great performance. Maybe even having Kovacic on that side helped him as well, just having somebody who was a bit more defensively minded and, and could give him a bit even more freedom. Well, I enjoyed the fact that uh, on on Twitter they took the the snapshot of Ziyech's free kick goal when he played for Ajax against Chelsea, and it looked exactly the same. Except it was, it was almost like someone photoshopped the Chelsea kit onto him because it was the exact same look, the exact same hand in the air, and the exact same delivery for a goal. So that that set piece thing is going to be. Really, really interesting as the the season goes forward. And he's adapted to the lead quickly as well. Like there's this stereotype really in English football. Don't know if you guys have come across it, but that Dutch players from the Dutch league don't really adapt quickly here. Um, we've had some uh, Matai Kesman for Chelsea. Uh, he was he was one of the bad examples, right? Um, but we've had we've had loads of good examples as well, like Ruud van Nistelrooy um, and stuff like that. So he's definitely you know quickly fitting into a good example. I mean his teammate who was all, probably almost as good as him at Ajax, uh, Van der Beek. He's barely doing anything at Man United, whereas Ziyech just found it easy, and that's personality. And also, the fact he's doing so well compared to, you know, I'd even say Werner, who I do think is doing well, and and, and Havertz, a bit of a slow start, still done okay. Um, but he's doing well because he's, you know, 27. He's, you know, he he is ready. He, he's been ready for a long time. He should have he should have been joining a big club a long time ago. Imagine all the teams that looked at Zayek. You can imagine scouts looking at him thinking, finding question marks. How have they found a question mark over this guy? People have been doubting him. And now Chelsea are the team who gave him that chance. And they deserve, Chelsea deserve it because, you know, if it, some people in the football community must have doubted something about him. You know, he, he sometimes had a bad reputation about his personality, but Frank certainly doesn't think anything's true. And I don't think it's true either from, you know, my research that I've done. I think it's, you know, lazy, lazy profiling of him. And I think he's got a great personality. Well, look, if Akim Ziyech can influence Reese James, the most quiet, calm, wears all black boots, like classic, you know, he, he might as well have been playing 30 years ago can get him to do keepy-uppies down the pitch. And, like, that just shows you that they all look up to old man Hakim, 27. Mm. Like, the, poor Arlo White, love him, was like, oh, yeah, Hakim Ziyech, 27. Not really the profile Lampard normally signs as if it's, like, a negative thing. I'm like, he's 27. He's got, like, five years left. You know, he can be a leader in this team. You can't have all, you know, young guns learning the trade because to Nick's point, to Naz's point, he's got the look to say, nah, no, 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 not acceptable. 
Like that needed to be finished. Last season, no one is going to hold them to that, right? And this season's completely different. It's saying, hey, like those are the differences and margins of winning, losing, getting silver at the end of the yeah. season coming up short consistently. And so, again, I think that is the big, big part of it. Well, we talked about this all last year, too. Like, if we had converted more of the incredible amount of chances that we created last year, which, you know, Chelsea created the second most chances in the league, and I think second most big chances as well, what what does the season look like? It's probably a hell of a lot more comfortable than it was at the end. And, you know, it's not a guarantee, obviously, but you could just kind of do some simple math there and figure it out. Like, we're all, you know, Dan has talked every week on this winning streak um, since Man United, since we last talked to Naz. And it's like, we're outperforming XG. We're converting, you know, more than, or uh, more than 50% of our chances are on goal. You know, we're shooting at goal more regularly, which is, I think, one of the maddening parts of last year. So all of this matters, but I, I would agree. I think that Ziesh is a, a stone cold killer. I just think he is. He has the look of a guy who demands more, and that is a good thing. So, um, uh, just to to wrap this one with a good friend at Chelsea Youth, Phil was talking about. He had a tweet said fourteen goals scored in the four matches that Ziesh has started for Chelsea. Just like all the other pieces added to the squad, the story isn't about how any one of them makes an impact, but how they all improve the team. There's still no Pulisic. Plus, Averts is out too at the moment. It's all coming together. Um, and in Hakim's big one, Chelsea Youth, I think we also retweeted it. Uh, Dan did a good job pulling that from August, talking about adding left-footed dominant players into the squad has created new passing mm-hmm. angles. It's created new balance. And and obviously, Ziyech, Chilwell are, are two huge parts of that you know, as well. So um, I, I just... We could talk about Hakim Ziyech and, and how amazing his <laughs> all... all episode but we we should talk about tammy we should talk about timo Werner and, and the defense and some other things so we're gonna do that we are gonna take a quick break uh thank you to these sponsors for financially supporting the show uh please stop tweeting and and discording us the manscaped <laughs> verbiage uh i'm glad i'm glad you're enjoying it as much as uh, we clearly are uh but thank you for uh participating and engaging with us you guys are the best we'll be right back 2020 has been hard enough And you know what? Worrying about your routine for taking care of business below the belt shouldn't have to be one of those things you're concerned about. Thankfully, our friends at Manscaped are making your life simple, and they're going to allow you to turn your bathroom with a snap into your very own private. This is the exact copy from the text. Dong Salon. You know, they're they're concerned about your bangers and mash. They don't want it to look like a mess. You know, they don't want it to be the worst get it bangers and mash and worst anyway they just released their products in the uk canada and australia the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with the advanced skin safe technology that helps reduce grooming accidents that's plus waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes hopefully not all in one sitting and they also released their shears 2.0 nail kit which is the perfect add-on for their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer their perfect package pun intended comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to help complete your ball trimming routine these formulations are all vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free and paraffin free if you know what all those are to keep your yes this is in the text too disco stick in good hands Look, you're probably thinking about it. You know, you want to keep yourself smelling fresh. You've got the crop preserver for keeping the odor to a minimum downstairs. They've got a crop reviver toner that is spray on for the 
Jules. And then they've also got a foot duster deodorant. So good, you can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. All these things sound great. And you know what? They got a code for our listeners. London is blue. It's a 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. And so, you know, if you want to protect the package and not uh, not have it be the worst, uh, go hit it up now. Manscaped.com. Use the code London is blue for 20% off plus free shipping. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Honestly, 30 times the word dong has been in our Discord chat since Mancape started started sponsoring us. So, See what you've done, Manscaped? It's yeah. nuts. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, back to Tammy. Here we go. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, Dan! No, you've gone, Jake's you've gone to the that. dark side. Jake's clipping that. I can't wait. <laughs> all right, all right. Coming out of the break, we got Tammy continuing to show up. Tammy is continuing to not let us forget about him after the Timo Werner signing. A lot of people probably assumed he'll be back up. Won't really see much of him. Apparently, him and Timo can play. So, Dan, kicking it over to you, at OptiJill with the tweet, giving us some life, some belief. Yeah, so four. Only against Wolves, six, and Nottingham Forest, five, as Tammy Abraham scored more English League goals than he has versus Sheffield United, four and four, Leveler. And, you know, I just think it's great. I think this is great to see that, you know, there was a lot of players who, you know, were immediately... You know, the the racer was kind of gone, won over their name from the 11 <laughs> last season and a new name was penciled in because of all of these signings. And lo and behold, the, the first injury we have of Pulisic with a hamstring injury that puts him out of the match or puts him out of an extended series of matches that Timo goes to the left, Tammy goes up top. And then Tammy, you know, his overall game is really involving into that you know, Naz of being a, a complete English striker, someone who can impact the game from a hold up play, from an ability to score, from an ability to assist. Yeah, he is really, uh, you know, just like, you know, Ziesh is kind of pulling the strings. Tammy makes himself available to be an outlet for others to to play off of and combine extremely well with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I love that analogy you used about rubbing his name off and then, uh, and then you know with the new signings, he was he was one of the first names to be rubbed out. But and he didn't he didn't end last season particularly well either. You know he was brilliant, eighteen goals, still Chelsea's top scorer last year. But um, certainly didn't come into this season in form. So I think 
yeah, I think a lot of people had sort of turned their back on him to a little bit of an extent. You know, his contract is sort of still up in the air despite uh, an extra year being added on uh, recently. You know, when he hit the, um, I think he hit a 15-goal mark and an appearance mark to automatically renew his contract for a year, which is good news for Chelsea. But um, I think still he's probably due a new deal at some point in the near future. And all that, I think that sort of people sort of thought, you know, we maybe we can afford to lose him. And, and Lampard didn't have to choose... Tammy Abraham at all. He had to take his chance because Callum Hudson-Odoi and Olivier Giroud are waiting there and they want that chance so badly. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, really taken it. I mean, man, he scored or assisted in like, uh, you know, uh, every 50 minutes or so this season. I think it's even better than that now after, after the weekend. So, yeah, four goals, five assists. He's become the sort of creator almost, you know, the complete striker. You know, you're looking at somebody like Harry Kane at Tottenham. He gives Son more goals almost than he scores himself. And and it maybe that's where Tammy's gonna sort of change as well with all these inverted wingers that Chelsea have. You know, Pulisic likes to cut in on his strong foot on the left flank. So does Werner. Ziesch likes to do it on the right. So um yeah, I mean that gives you the chances to sort of be the pivot, the one who lays it off, who, who you know, has that target man play. And, you know, I wasn't sure that he had that in him at one point. I thought Giroud was way better than him. But, you know, gradually over last season, I think maybe like December time, um, I started to really think that, you know, his game was coming together. I remember being at Brighton away where uh, last season, you probably won't remember it, but I think it was a New Year's Day game. I was really tired. I'd, I'd done like a a New Year's night out and then tried to go to an early kickoff the next day. It was like the fixture list was against me big time. But <laughs> and, and it was like not even a special game, you know, Chelsea drawing away with Brighton. But I just remember it was a really tough day for Chelsea and Tammy's hold-up play was sensational. And I was like, I kind of like something, you know, sometimes in these games where you, you might switch off a little bit, you find something out about a player. And I, I think he's he was he was learning about his body last season. He was learning how big he was, how strong he was, how he could do it in a fast-paced league. And I thought that, you know, last season, if one area of his game improved a lot, it wasn't his finishing, it was his hold-up play. And uh, yeah, this season, I think that Lampard giving him those runner games last year has sort of created a player who trusts himself a little bit more and the mentality to come through, be having your name, um, you know, erased off the off the team sheet, as Dan says, uh, and come back from that. I think that also shows his mentality. I think he, he's a great guy to have in the dressing room. He's got a great personality. Um, and yeah, um, one of uh, one of my friends, Vishali, interviewed him after the game and, you know, she said the confidence is exuding off him after the match and and that he's really looking upwards in the table as well. I mean, I think the, the personality continues to shine through for me. Like, you, you saw it after the peach of a cross that Reese put in midweek for him and the, he just turned around and looked at Reese pointed at him and said my boy about 1500 times before they went over and and hugged and it's like okay I think everyone in the Chelsea squad realizes there's so much talent that if you play selfishly that's not the easiest way to score goals right the easiest way to score goals is play unselfishly to, to serve up easy passes to each other and he was on the receiving end of that too um, today, because you know, obviously we talked about the Ziyech pass that Kovacic cuts back for him, and uh, and he kind of puts away, you know, slight deflection on that, obviously, but I, I think it's still a good goal. If he if he's able to do his job, if he's able to track back, if he's able to distribute effectively, which was the distribution piece was more of my worry last year, not the physical side. If he's able to do all that and just get into the box, Brandon, where he can 
find some space, he could score another 15 goals this year. There's going to be plenty of opportunity for him. It's just the unselfishness, I think, is what I, I love. He, he is selflessness, I should say, is, is what we are starting to see, you know, Kind of, kind of as an overall theme to help gel the squad. Look, he has just under 300 minutes played in the Premier League, and I'm on Smarter Scout right now. His disrupt style is a 99. Like, just shows you he yep. <laughs> a, a different side of, of the game. So, super interesting. Um, without a uh, quick shot to Timo Werner, uh, continuing to score, being clinical, um, not hesitating, a stone-cold killer, absolute professional. Like, love, love, love he's, Timo. He's not going to miss those chips very often. Just throwing that out there. Nope. That one off the bar was impressive, too, where he got found in the corner and almost made a little bit of a goal of the month contribution there. Look, even just being aware and, and quick to react when that goal ricochet or that ball ricocheted in behind the back line, ready to pounce. He is on it all the time. He's. And one thing, and not to pick on a certain Spanish striker that didn't do well a couple years ago, uh, but is now in Italy. Uh, You're Timo's really leaving always, that one to mystery there. <laughs> Timo's always on side. Timo gets back on sides. He's ready. A lot of times you see strikers and the play's not really there. They're kind of like in their own head, jogging back up. He's ready. He's on sides. He's ready to go at all times, looking for the ball. He's engaged. So uh, absolutely brilliant. But... Naz with the tweet of the day yesterday, and I'm not even saying that because you're here. The strength in defense, the band of brothers tweet, sir. I my heart is so warm. I actually have it pulled up right now. So you tweeted in case you've forgotten. Edouard Mendy <laughs> had his arm around Reese James at the end, while Ben Chilwell was putting Thiago Silva in a headlock to congratulate him <laughs> on his goal after the final whistle. From the eye test, it looks like one of the best feelings after win for Chelsea this season. And these photos. By the way, you've got a great camera. These are these are high res, Nas. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm so so thrilled to see, especially Edouard Mendy, who's a bit of an outsider, speaks French, new to the team, with his arm around young Reese James, English as it gets, probably doesn't speak any French, and they are just broing it out as they walk off the pitch, like. This is probably the biggest thing I will take out of this match is seeing that back line so... And again, Chilwell, who doesn't speak French with Thiago Silva, they have completely meshed and like settled. And I never don't want to see that back five ever again. Aspie, I love you. Yeah, it says a lot that Aspie's sitting out. But um, I think that was one of two heartwarming moments in the match. I think Thiago Silva's goal... Um, the way that the team reacted after that, that was, you know, that just shows you what kind of impact he's made. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the end of the game when when Mendy did have his arm around James and, and you know, Chilwell and, and Silva, I think that showed the personality thing that Lampard's talking about. They've added not only quality, which they obviously have, we could see that, but it's the personality, it's the, it's the bringing the players together. I've been so impressed with, like, Ben Chilwell on social media, how he's bringing everyone together. There's no divide by nationality as well there's no English guys and then you know the foreign guys the French speaking guys it's all it's all unified I mean Ziyech and Chilwell seem to have a bromance you know bubbling up um, Mendy I, I, I saw uh, what really impressed me about Mendy wasn't even just after this this game, but after the Ren game, I saw Mendy, uh, you know, just just uh, just talking to the Ren guys. And remember, 
Mendy was only at Rennes for a season. He he built his career at uh, Stade de Reims and then he went to Rennes and then he straight away went to Chelsea after a year. And and the way they treated him, it was like he was there for six, seven years. They were emotional. Everyone was hugging him. Every single player in the squad wanted to talk to Mendy. He does speak good English as well. Don't don't be fooled by his press conference going through in French. He speaks good English. Um, yeah, he 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 makes a good impact. I think that the personalities of the players, like Mendy, is a chilled out one. Uh, Thiago Silva, confident. Um, you know, just been there, done it, leader. Um, exudes class and experience. Zs chilled, but very confident and very you know charismatic, funny, chill well. Wants to be everyone's mate. Wants to speak to everyone. He's an outgoing personality. Um, Kai's probably a bit more shy, a bit more of a Pulisic type. And then Werner's a, a bit of a funny type as well. Very uh, honest and uh, a bit of a joker. So you've got uh, all these great personalities in around a group that already has great personalities, like Tammy, like we just discussed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it can only be good. And it's not easy to keep this group happy because it's a, it's a big squad. So real quick, um, and then I'll obviously let you jump in, Dan. I wasn't so sure when, like, one of the early days, Ben Chilwell was seen, like, sticking his finger in, in, in Zuma or someone's food. And I was like, oh, is he going to be that guy that's just kind of, like, a dick to people? Glass clown rolls yeah, through. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. like, that's, like, almost too far because, like, hey, I was eating that. Uh, completely settled. Like, maybe he had to push the boundaries to figure out what was, like, acceptable. And now he's, like, in. He's got it figured out. And, I mean, look, he... I know you probably don't want to hear about it again, but he was at the Tammy party, you know? Like, he's one of the guys. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure he was able to replace that person's, I think it was, was it Timo's, uh, the side of potatoes that he put the yeah. finger in? Yeah, I'm sure they were able to get him an extra set in the, the canteen. It's the last plate they had, Dan. It's the last plate <laughs> yeah. they had. Yeah, it's the last one. Oh, man. <laughs> it really ruined his day. Um Look, you know, I, I think it's this is exciting. This is why when we talked about in the match preview that, you know, I know that you know there was some kind of thought about do we rotate, do we not rotate? And I think you just kind of called it out, Brandon, too. You don't want to see a, a different back five. I, I think that is that bedrock, that foundation, that finding a, a back line four and then a goalkeeper who can bring the confidence to everyone in front of him on the pitch has done wonders for this side. And, you know, I think Sheffield in this match did not play like a team that is in the relegation zone. Sheffield played way more like the team that they were last season. Even Ramsdale, who we kind of talked about as maybe being a little bit of a challenge, looked more Henderson light than he did Ramsdale-esque the, this, the way that he started this season. And... I mean, that's that's a credit to Chris Wilder's side. It's a credit to the way they played and made it difficult for us. And we were still able to score four goals and completely shut them out in the, in the second half of the game. And so this building from the back, this period where we went through some pretty dull, you know, draws that helped us establish and re, you know, refine our footing, as it were, has put us in such a positive position, Nick, that I'm I'm. I, I think the hashtag Lampard route is just the, the funniest way to think about this is that we really have built something that if carried forward and if we can kind of continue to do the business here, we'll get some pretty big tests after the break. You know, we've got Spurs coming up in kind of short fashion. If we can build upon that, the, the phrase, why not us, might start appearing a little more regularly in your timeline. <laughs> Super. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll take Brandon's sentiment after the Burnley match. Is I, I want to see Chelsea do this against the top six side, and I want to see them continue to do it over an extended period of time. I think both those things really matter. Uh, today's performance was really good, though. It, it shouldn't take anything away from Chelsea that they beat the team that was in front of them. Um, they did a very good job. It was pretty clinical. There were opportunities to even extend the lead. So uh, this is this is a very good thing. The vibes are good. It's easy to have good vibes when you're winning. <laughs> I want to see this team face a little bit of adver- adversity and see if they kind of hold up um, on that front. And I, I think they will. So two things on that. One, I, I had spent some time reflecting on what I said last week after Burnley to that point, Nick. Um and I think the the positive I will take out of it is we didn't always beat these teams last season. We have an interesting run of matches right now, right? So, like, we just played uh, Sheffield, who is struggling. Burnley, struggling. Um, Manchester United, I won't say it, Naz. No, but, it, you know, like, these are the teams that you would expect Chelsea, especially in a good season, to just go beat. Not struggle. Literally take care of the business and move on to the next one. We've got Newcastle coming up after the break. And then we have Spurs, right? And then, and then we're going to have that that top test. Um, you know, they only scored one against West Brom. We scored three. We don't need Idiots. to talk about the results of those matches. But um, we will get that test. But again, the, the positive thing out of this is that uh, we are winning the ones that we need to. Last season, we were so upset that we were not winning the ones that we were supposed to. We were playing to the level of opponents and not this season. So... Uh, continuing on the defense conversation at OptiJo says four Ben Chilwell has been directly involved in four goals in his three Premier League home games for Chelsea two goals to assist as many as his 52 home appearances for Leicester in the competition accommodating which I think we are pretty accommodating uh, we, look we talked a ton about Chilwell and just how impressed we are with him but I want to spend a little bit more time on Thiago Silva or is it Thiago I don't speak Portuguese but Naz said, quote, Lampard waxes lyric on Thiago Silva's goal. Quote, he's been brilliant. I can't say enough about him. He gets his goal and he deserves it, end quote. Um, and then Opta Joe again, 36. Thiago Silva is the sixth oldest player to score for Chelsea in the Premier League. 36 years, 46 days, Man. while only Glenn Hoddle scored his first goal for the Blues at an older age than the Brazilian. Uh, just by about 104 days. Vintage. So, Naz, I'm going to let you lead the the Tiago discussion. Uh, you were yeah. there. You got the quotes. You got to see it in person. Um, how good is Tiago Silva, and what do we miss when the camera is up the pitch about what he's doing in the back line? Well, I, 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 am, I am a bit surprised by how good he is. You know, I've not seen him struggle or anything like that. I think that the centre-back position, you can kind of get away with being a bit of an older guy and still do the job, but the way he looks after himself, you wouldn't think he was an older guy. I think we were... We were talking a few journalists here in the stadium after the game, what, what our eye test was to his age, you know, if we didn't know he was 36. And I think I said 27, probably 28, something like that, you know, in his prime. Well, league would... on, you know, those weren't some hard years on him, Naz, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that was a point somebody brought up. You know, we saw it with Fernando Torres when he was at Chelsea. He had a lot of hard years in his belt. So when he came to Chelsea, even at 28, it felt like he was much, much older. And then, 
you know, Thiago Silva's probably had a lot of easy games in his career. Um, and now he comes to Chelsea, a league where he is getting tested, but he stands up to it. Different styles. Um, Burnley and Sheffield United are a certain style. Then you go against the fast, one of the fastest strikes in the league, Rashford, um, totally able to handle that as well. I mean, he's probably not going to win a foot race, but he, ne- he doesn't need to really. And um, some of the, he's genuinely made like match saving interventions and things like that. Um, those quotes from Frank Lampard after the game, I've rarely heard him speak so positively about a player. It might, I might not even have ever heard him speak so positively about a player since being Chelsea manager. Um, I don't know if that's the way he wants to manage him, uh, you know, initially, or if it's, or if it, you know, it actually is his true opinion, you know, the way he talks about him behind the scenes. But I think that it is actually his opinion. I think that, you know, when they did score the goal, you know, when Thiago Silva scored that third goal, it was an important goal in the match, but you know, that wasn't a normal reaction of a player scoring a goal. That was a goal that a whole of the boys in the dressing room wanted to, you know, they wanted him to score that. They wanted him to get that moment. They 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 enjoyed it even more. I mean, there's a clip that I saw that Reese James was singing, Oh, Tiago Silva, <laughs> right in his face when he scored. So um, yeah, that's not a normal reaction for a team. That shows a great dressing room. And he's the 14th um, different player to score for Chelsea this season. So it shows you got goals all over the pitch. When Chelsea have won, won stuff, um, you know, I remember Gary Cahill last time Chelsea won a league, he scored seven or eight goals, um, which is quite a lot for a central defender. So You've got somebody in Zuma who does that, but then you've got the other ones picking up the odd goal here and there as well. So it's great. Um, and yeah, he's he's obviously made a huge impact. Um, great signing. And look at PSG, on the other hand. Man, they are <laughs> suffering this season. What have they done? What have they done? They're, they sent away Thiago Silva. That's what they did. That's the but I you know, I think the the larger point I would make, and this is the the interesting one, is where does he rank for you, Naz, in terms of total central defenders or center backs in the Premier League right now? It's a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, on general performance, he's right up there, but we're all looking for consistency now and we're looking to see if he does break down as well. I mean, Lampard's going to have to be clever with how he manages him and he's spoken about it a lot and I think he is, you know, if one player is going to be left out of a game, it's going to be Thiago Silva. So it leaves that door open a bit to Rudiger, Christensen maybe, Tamori. There is too many players there. There's no doubt about that. One of them is going to have to leave in January for me. But, um, you know, Rudiger's there up at the top of the tree. So it's okay to have a little bit of a glimmer of hope for, for you know, the backup players. And and they have to raise their level now to try and get in. And when they are in, they have to be as good as Thiago Silva. They've got no chance of, 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 of you know, making regular minutes if they don't play as well as the players in front of them. You know, for me, when we get back after the international break, I stick with the same team every time. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if some of those big players can break back in easily. You know, there's Pulisic out, Havertz has been out. It's going to be interesting, but I'd I'd be really happy with sticking with the same team. I think that Frank's got that mentality as well. I think he he doesn't want to change things easily, but Thiago's level is huge. Um, and Van Dijk's out injured now, and Man City are in a mess at the back, and Man United are in a mess at the back, really. Um, so, um, you know, if you're looking at the level of defenders in the league, everyone's struggling to defend. Chelsea are at the top. Chelsea are at the top right now. Um, and uh, they're doing great in that regard. Well, it'd be interesting to see, too, that we, you know, we did have the issue where last international break, we, Thiago was not able to get right back into the side because of the travel situation. 
and he had to miss a, a game. It'll be interesting to see if he misses that Newcastle match after the break because he did get called up again into the uh, the Brazil side too, Nick. So as much as we might want him to start the next match that we play and not break up this yeah. this bromance that's building all across the pitch, it's going to be challenging to maybe do that. I'll tell you what as well, Zoom has really improved because of him. Um, I still got a question. Zoom is just the most obvious player. We know everything about Zoom. Um, he's he's not great on the ball, but he's pretty much great at everything else. Um, and that, I think that that's been true. There's a few heart and miles moments still for me, but he's he's gone up a huge level. I think that him and Thiago talk each other through the game, and they're doing great. That French connection, it's it's got to help. Um, Nick, I'm going to pivot you to the midfield. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Alberts was obviously missing, but Lampard finds a way. And you wanted to specifically call something out in Nick's side test. test, test. Yeah, where, where's the stinger pin, Jake? Come on, man. <laughs> God. I'm trying Here to make this is. a whole thing. Uh, no, it, it was expertly called out by, by Lee Dixon on the, on the telecast yesterday. But it's also something that I've been noticing for quite some time. Chilwell and, and Reese James love to get upfield, and they're incredibly dangerous in those wide areas upfield. They also create space for other players, right? So it's a really good problem to have when your fullbacks are so great and um, advanced up, up the field. The, the problem that you ran into last year is that we uh, our midfield did not cope well with that, right? And so th- in early this year, too, to be fair. Uh, what Lee Dixon called out and what I, I think, Naz, um, that I'm looking at here is the midfield has completely done a 180 where if both fullbacks are over the pitch, they're dropping back to fill the spots that they would have played. And obviously they're not going to be as good defensively as, as the natural fullback is, but it stopped the counterattack um, opportunities uh, a lot. Uh, you know, you looked at what Sheffield was trying to do yesterday, all they were doing is playing on the break and Chelsea had 70% of the ball. So this is just something that I've been watching over, over the last couple of matches, expertly called out by Lee Dixon. Uh, I saw Mason Mount and I saw Kovacic especially get back and try and fill in some of those spaces. And I think it works if we're going to just say, Reese and Chilwell have license to go forward whenever they want. Yeah, it's true. And I think that means almost that Chilwell and Reese James are more likely to score than Mason Mount. So if people are judging, which they often do, Mason Mount by goal and assists, um, it's unfair because actually James and Chilwell are getting the opportunities that maybe in other teams Mount would. And I think it's also a choice as well. I think that sometimes Mount could go and Chilwell could stay back and, and that. So I think that in this game in particular, I think that Lampard saw this as an opportunity. And I think if Havertz was playing maybe even, then maybe there would be less defensive number eights and it would be you know more defensive fullbacks and then, you know, more attacking number eight. So it's kind of, you know, that 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 kind of trade-off, I think. And, you know, Chelsea attack him to front five in the end because Reese crosses the ball to Chilwell quite a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Chilwell has this great, a bit of an Alonso-type movement, but a lot more other things to his game as well. The physicality, he can cope, he can get back in better than somebody like Alonso did at Chelsea. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fullbacks, Reese James is a £40 million fullback already, um, and Chelsea didn't spend a penny on him it's brilliant it's so you know to produce a player of that quality is insane uh and he you know for me he has gone up a level as well but yeah it's interesting with the systems i think that the 
I think that in 4-3-3, now Lampard has a choice and he can also surprise teams. So teams might be set up to stop Mason Mount, but Chilwell's going past Mason Mount. So um, it, it's quite an interesting tactical ploy. And, and now there's variation in tax. So it's quite hard for teams to you know, stop him, stop Chelsea. And we're talking about Zayek and what he does. That's hard to stop. But so is some of the you know, various other threats. Uh, teams yeah. might start putting two men on, on Ziyech, but then Reese James is crossing to uh, Chilwell and they, you're getting goals that way. So um, it's great. And that's what you want. And that's how you win titles is depth, variation of attacks, different types of threat as well, which is what Chelsea have. And I think that that's why we're starting to see people talk a little bit more about Chelsea being title contenders. And I think also... No, Naz, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Naz. No. But it's, uh, you know, I think that's also because COVID's kind of, uh, you know, evened out the level as well. There's been a bit of a leveller. I know Van Dijk's injured. Uh, COVID's caused fixture list pilot problems. So, you know, it is a leveller. It might not be as much of a, you know, high points total to win the league. I don't think Chelsea would be winning the league if there was 95 points needed or 100 points needed to win the title. But if it's if we're talking 78, 75, then a lot of teams can start thinking about it. And I'm talking Spurs too and, and teams like that. So, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how it goes. Hey, I'll take a team that's ready to scrap versus has to be pure class and win every single match. So, you know, because that'll go a long ways in the tournament competitions. But, all right, real, real quick, at Chelsea Youth again, uh, love you, Phil. Also, really noticeable how Mount, especially, and Kovacic drop into the fullback space, like we are talking about in the buildup with both fullbacks high and wide. Seen a lot of that in the academy over the years. That's why I wanted to bring that mm. in, was that last line. This is something the academy's seen. And then, a huge shout-out to uh, Roden JRSG, who then quote-tweeted this from Chelsea Youth and said, Mason Mount, 99, in parentheses, has slipped pretty seamlessly into a deeper role over the last week. Parentheses, touched on it briefly post restart and parentheses. He attempted 55 plus passes once all last season. In the three games he's played in the last seven days, he's gone 72, 81, 80. Incredible versatility mm -hmm. plus rounded skill set. I mean, that's like Jorginho esque type numbers, but you're getting so much more dynamism from him and an ability. So when I saw those pass numbers from Mason, the fact that he only had 55 last season and he was up there in contention for player of the season, um, maybe, right? Weird season, eh. For him to just blow through that ceiling and, and, and be so much more involved, I think is fantastic. And it, again, I think we're seeing... Box to box Mason is the best Mason. So hopefully we continue to see that. Uh, and if if you care, Graham Sunis uh, did sing praise on Mason Mount, saying that, quote, Mason would be my first name in midfield. I'm trying to think what team he wouldn't get into in the Premier League, including the big ones, end quote. That answers my question I shouted to you guys in the last couple of weeks was, uh, are we blue biased towards Mason or is he the real deal? You guys all said he's the real deal. So, uh, Dan, let's go ahead and start to wrap this one up with your Dan of the match. I can't wait to see how you mess this one up. God, you screwed it up again. No, yeah. this this one I, I nailed perfectly. Uh, so, <laughs> you just really gave the people exactly what they needed to have. Four options for Ziyech. Ziyech 1 with 65%. Ziyech 2 with 14%. Ziyech 3 with 14%. And Ziyech 4 with 7%. All for 100% Ziyech. No problem. Very easy. Though someone pointed out, it's like, how did ZH1 get the uh, the 65%? Why didn't ZH3 get that? Guys, think a little bit. Go with ZH4. That guy gets no love. 
<laughs> it's just instant impulse because I see Ziesh, that's the answer. I click it. I could care less what's two, three, four. They're irrelevant. Someone did that to me. They, they, they. I picked the right answer, but they put all of the above at the bottom, and I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. All right. Uh, well, cool so story. Li- li- live look at. Yeah, I'm not better. Live look at the table. Uh, so Manchester City and Liverpool are playing right now. So as it stands, Leicester City are on top with 18 points. Uh, Tottenham second, Liverpool third, Southampton fourth, Chelsea down to fifth. We're on 15 points. We're three three points off the lead with eight matches played. It looks like pretty much everyone except Burnley and Man United will be on eight matches played after the weekend. Do they play Monday, Naz? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I don't know when they play. I think they Oh, they no, play? it's, it's a back. makeup. Yeah. 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 Okay. So other than that, everyone is... Uh, even on eight points. Uh, Arsenal 10th, City at 11th, again, as the Liverpool match goes on. United 14th, but they have a game in hand. Uh, and then your relegation heroes are West Brom 18th, Burnley 19th, Sheffield United 20th. Uh, and they're on one, two, and three points. So not not going well, to say the least. And I did point this out. A, we've had 10 different goal scores in the Premier League this season, and we have the best Goal difference, unfortunately, now with Tottenham at 10 plus 10 right now. Uh, we've got 20 goals scored, which a quick look is the most in the table, though. So a lot of positivity going right now. You know, we I looked ahead. We December is a disaster from like December 5th match to the January 2nd match. I think we have seven matches, including Arsenal and Manchester City. Uh, it's going to be ridiculous. So, again, taking care of the business now while it's semi-easy, even though we're bouncing with Champions League. But I'm happy, Naz. I'm a happy camper. I'm a happy Chelsea fan. No real complaints. Yeah, we need to take it easy now for a little bit because it's going to be relentless when we come back. You guys are going to be podding left, right, and center. I'm going to be there reporting from stadiums in the freezing cold on a you know bi-weekly basis. Um, I've, I've, I've stocked up my wardrobe to be as warm as possible. We're not allowed to use the indoor areas in the stadium anymore, so... Um, yeah, my fingers, I'll probably stop feeling the, uh, you know, tips of my fingers. I'll just be typing with ice blocks, but, uh, <laughs> I think that that's how the end of the season is going to go. Um, uh, but yeah, we're all going to be, this is December is going to be mad. I think, uh, you know, and it's just going to be Premier League as well. Not much, not much Europe, not much cup. So yeah, we'll just focus on what really matters, which is the league. We love it. I think you need to get a, a good dictation device so you don't have to type. Yeah. Yeah. Just speak your articles. Um, all right. Well, obviously, Naz, huge thank you uh, for joining us as always. Love the insight. And more importantly, I love the excitement you have for this team and the potential that they have. Uh, you see them and cover them more than us even, right? You were there intimately with them. Uh, so thank you for sharing the knowledge, Dan and Nick. Yeah, it's nice seeing you too. But uh, definitely big ups to Naz. Yeah, these are good times. Enjoy them. I think that... It's really good times for Chelsea fans. I just want you to enjoy it. No complaining now. We've had enough infighting. The last <laughs> few years, let's be happy, okay? Can, can we be happy? <laughs> I think we have to I be happy. We can, definitely. All right, listeners, Happiness thank you so much. state of mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you so much for joining us. As always, you're the best part. Get involved. Social media, Discord, best way to do it. Um, and get involved in that LIBP 500 giveaway. Uh, Dan, Nick, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, But Chelsea fans, that's going to wrap us up. So until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.